0: We are live for another edition of our weekly Friday update. Uh, We have a lot of big news this week, and I'm really looking forward to share some of these figures with you guys in case people are not familiar. If you like this video, please hit that like button, or if you're watching this on YouTube, please be sure to hit the like button and subscribe to my channel. Every Friday, I come up with a weekly report as to what is actually happening with the real estate market on a macro level, but also real estate uh, happening in the local level here in the Bay Area. Any questions, feel free to reach out at any time. Uh, this is a live stream as um, you're welcome to type in your questions or concerns on the comment box. And if there's anybody that you know that is interested or has been on the fence related to buying or selling real estate, please um, share this video with them because uh, you know I've been doing this ever since the shelter-in-place took place. And there's no other bigger indicators than what we see right now. So if there's people on the fence and they're not affected from COVID or affected from a you know job security perspective, if you can do me a favor, please share this with them. I think um, there's not too many other reasons at, at this point. So let's just jump right into it. This just was published as recent as today, which is a very big uptake. In terms of the job increases, May sees biggest job increase ever of 2.5 million people as economy starts to recover from coronavirus. It's a very surprising beat. Um, As you can see, unemployment rate actually fell. A lot of forecasts were continuing to think that they're going to keep rising and increasing to about 20% over the next several months until the end of the year, which is a really huge surprise. A lot of people are clearly going back into the workforce, even though for many, uh, the unemployment benefits are actually better than what they would actually earn. But for those, um, I think this is a big credit to all of the stimulus that has happened, especially related to PPP of retaining individuals. So there's a huge beat and there's a big uh, stock market uh, jump uh, today because of this. Uh, the market last I saw was up like 2.8% in one day. So a huge surprise. Um, and it really reverses a lot of the estimates uh, that the job was job would continue to decline uh, even further. So huge beat. Um, yeah, this is this is a very, very, very big news here. All right. Uh, other updates related to uh, the stock markets. You know, a lot of people, if they are not participating in the market had assumed that um that the market would not have been doing very well especially with the steep decline back in mid march but for those that have been aware you uh, hopefully had s- some significant gains over the last uh several weeks so over the last 50 days the S&P 500 which is the general stock market index for the largest 500 uh US based companies uh had its best 50 days ever so I believe it recovered over 20 to 30% and were less than 10% from all new record highs. Uh, and many stocks, depending, especially in tech, have already surpassed recent highs. So it gives you an idea a lot of people's uh, 401ks are doing all way better. A lot of people's stock uh, portfolio is doing significantly better. Hopefully, um, my clients and then my audience here wasn't didn't have any sort of panic selling. During that time, as uh, if they just simply held on to it, it would have had a very steep and quick recovery. So S and P posted its best fifty days ever. Really incredible news here. So that gives you an idea of what's happening from a general economic level. Um, you know, there's a big, there's always a big difference between the S and P 500 versus what I call like Main Street. Uh, they're clearly having significant distress, but at the same time, there is a lot of stimulus that has been out there for them to help. Uh, ride it out so it'll be really interesting to see what happens in the summertime especially as businesses have started to open up um has started to open up so this gives you a little bit of an update related to the stock market best 50 days ever now what about from a lending perspective what is the activity happening there oh i'm sorry i need to actually switch this so it's bigger So in terms of uh, mortgage activity, so some of the largest lenders, so Quicken, United, and Better.com, they're mostly, um, they're not as much prevalent here in the Bay Area when it comes to purchases, but Better.com is a very big player um, when it comes to refinances. Uh, These companies have started to tremendous, pumped up their volume of new hires. They're planning to add thousands of employees um, over the summertime. So they've already started hiring a lot, even the beginning of the year. And so while the COVID situation had uh, slowed that progress down, they're very confident that a combination of really low interest rates of the number of refinances that will happen, along with new purchases, they're extremely bullish. So you'll see a lot more hirings from these companies, along with many other companies as the weeks go on. As I had... um, Forecasted and suggested on, from previous uh, interviews or previous sessions. Uh, summer home buying is set to take off. Purchase mortgage applications are a really good leading indicator as to what we can expect over the next uh, few weeks, few months. Because if people are ready, as, as in they're ready to get pre-approved and go through the process, then this will ultimately increase the, show that the amount of demand that is happening in the market today. So as you can see, based off of the previous weeks where there had been a, uh, a really a delay of people either being timid or they're just not uh, ready financially. So there's a backlog of previous um, buyers, but also uh, just in terms of I suspected a seasonal adjusted later home buying season, given there's a lot less travel that can occur. Um, and a greater need of homes or larger homes. So summer home buying is set to take off, um, and it's already jumped an- again and every week it continues to increase, but at this point it's 18% over the same time as last year. A lot of these figures are at pre coronavirus level highs. This is not pre shelter highs. So it's, it's gone into that point where it's, um, It's going to be very busy this summer. And I I already see it, and I'll show some examples momentarily. This is a survey um, related to just the level of home buying interest. Home buyers and sellers are ready to return to open houses. Um, People have gotten more either familiar with what is happening in terms of current protocols. Also, things are starting to open up. Things seem to have stabilized. So there's a lot more confidence on both home buyers and seller side, which is great. And interesting enough, the value of a realtor... Uh, which I had a, re- uh, a video on just on Tuesday, is more prevalent than ever, especially since there is no more open houses uh, on the weekends. So anytime you would want to go see a house, you need to go with the realtor that you trust who will help you navigate through that process. So there's an increasing need um, given these times for a realtor if you wanted to a- opportunity to discover and see houses. All right, next one. Realtor.com. Um gives an estimate. Now, this is for a general macro, but I see it happening in the Bay Area as well. RuralTalk.com expects listing prices to rise this summer. So um yeah, there's just so much demand right now in terms of uh co- buyer confidence, but also there's such a shortage of inventory. The shortage of inventory has happened already for a long time. However, this pandemic has caused it to be just significantly worse. So there's just so much pent up demand and so little properties for people to be able to have the opportunity to move into. So be prepared and don't be surprised if there's a lot more competition for existing inventory, but also prices to rise. It also gives you a great opportunity to look at new home construction um, because there's going to be less competition for that since prices had uh, already been fairly dictated. So you're welcome to work with myself, and actually, we'll be compiling a list of Bay Area new home constructions uh, projects, so that we can uh, look at that together. But don't be surprised as prices will be continue to increase in most cities across the Bay Area. Here's another sign of just in terms of buyer confidence. So, Open Door is the largest, what I consider an eye buyer or a massive uh, house flipper in the entire country. Their business model is ultimately buying properties in different markets direct, and then reselling it uh, after either doing some small touchups or reselling it uh, right away. So they're basically a flipper on steroids uh, with billions of dollars of capital. Now, when the when things um, when COVID happened, they they shut off everything, they laid off a lot of people, and they shut off everything. But the fact that they're resuming operations in five more markets shows that they have the confidence that things are starting to get back to normal and they're remaining bullish of uh, continue to buy properties to basically flip it for a profit at a later time so when a company this large with this much capital and that much exposure because if you think about their business model they are a flipper with a massive balance sheet so if the market is if they for the market is slow or is going down they have a huge book of business that it's that's consider bad debt that they need to somehow get rid of. So they would have to slow down significantly in terms of the acquisition side. However, if they're resuming operations, it shows that they're bullish to continue buying again, because they suspect prices will not only increase, but the volume and the transaction volume will uh, continue to improve. So another big sign um, of just buyer confidence and just in terms of the activity for residential real estate. Now, What's interesting is not all things are, are good in the sense of, um, I guess, depends on which side you are on. So one of the interesting stats that came out recently was Zumper. So Zumper is a, a very big um, apartment or a very big rental uh, search engine. So if you are looking for a rental uh, you can either use Zillow, and there's had the features on you know for rent, and then you can also use Zumper. So I tell my clients to use either of those as they go through discoveries. But there has been a very big change in terms of rental mark the rental markets, uh, especially in dense areas. And the biggest example in this case is San Francisco. So you can see that what's incredible is that one bedroom medium rent prices in San Francisco is over thirty three hundred dollars. And the biggest thing that I want to note is that. For the largest decline ever, and the first time it's been for many years, San Francisco rent has actually dropped 9% year over year. So uh, it's the lowest price point it's been in over three years. So it shows like there is absolutely a lot more downward trajectory in terms of people wanting to move to San Francisco. And it makes sense if you think about it, right? A combination of one, the rooms are going to be fairly small. Number two, there's not much to do in terms of the social aspect over the last several months. So you had all these. And then, and then three, you had some figures of potential like Airbnb that now becomes long-term rentals because nobody's doing uh, travel anymore. So you do have a lot of the different dynamics which affect how uh, why people would want to move into the city. Um, so you have all those things going on. Now, I suspect things will probably get a little bit better as over the next few weeks, things have been uh, starting to open up again. So that's something just to be aware of. But it's, it's really interesting to see how much of a decline this is. Now, what's interesting is it's also declined. They're not moving typically out of the Bay Area. They're just moving to just bigger homes. So I've seen a lot of my clients that have, let's say, single-family houses, and they're renting for individuals. Those Those prices are actually still flat, if not an increase. So it's not all rent is all of a sudden dropping, and people are just f- fleeing out of San, uh, out of the Bay Area. People are absolutely moving out of San Francisco, and then the outside areas are taking um, you know taking a, a very positive impact. So here's a couple of other things just to be aware of related to the data. So let me try to make this larger for you guys. So it should be pretty blown up now. So what's interesting, so as I mentioned, San Francisco year over year has a drop of of 9.2%. So that's the largest decline it's ever been. And uh, there seems to be momentum that way too. You can look at two bedrooms though. It's a a year over year decline of 6.4%. Now let's take a look at the other markets here in the Bay Area. These are the top five markets in terms of price all over the U.S., and the Bay Area has three of them. You have San Francisco, you have San Jose, and you have Oakland. But look at San Jose. Year over year for one bedroom place is still roughly the same. It's only dropped by 0.4%. So it's not much. And if you look at the larger space, it actually has continued to increase for two bedrooms, has increased 1% year over year. Look at Oakland which has always taken advantage of people wanting to move out from San Francisco for a long time now. Oakland, year over year, increased 5% still for one bedroom. And then for a two-bedroom, continues to increase 4.8%. So I hope this actually clarifies and showcases like what is actually happening. People are not leaving the Bay Area for someone really somewhere really far away. But there is absolutely a, a, a migration for a lot of people from San Francisco to other areas in the Bay Area, which you can see from this data uh, sheet right here. So I hope this was helpful, and this gives you um, just some idea related to what is happening from a rental market perspective. Now, the other interesting point that I do want to bring up is think about how much people are spending for rents uh, in, let's say, San Francisco. So for a one bedroom, on average, they're spending $3,300 a month in rents. Now, what's interesting is that a lot of people are also realizing, one, should we just move to another city to rent and pay much lower rent? That is that is one option. But then a lot of other people are thinking, why are we paying for rent? Why don't we just buy a place, especially if you're paying that much? And so what happens, if you look at the, a mortgage calculator, this is a figure, if you're paying three that amount, $3,300 a month in rent, you can buy a home up to $800,000, and this assumes you're putting 20% down. And so this also includes everything, as in homeowners insurance and property tax, so it's not just purely mortgage. So people are realizing, wow, if I'm spending this amount for a one-bedroom place, I can buy a home all over the Bay Area easily, Right. And this is $800,000 can get you a single family house in the East Bay very easily. And if you wanted another one bedroom, like condo, you'll, you'll be spending way less. There's even under $500,000, $600,000 all day for that price. So there is also a momentum shift and people realizing, well, I'm, I'm spending all this money for a one bedroom apartment. Why don't I just buy a place? And so you see a lot of that happening, especially with how low interest rates are today. So you have a couple of these different momentum shifts that are happening from San Francisco. So wanted to point that out. Now, let's take a look at the data. This time around, I did analysis on three different markets, uh, and I'm going to be doing this every week just to see how things are trending. So the first market that I'm going to cover is the San Mateo County market. Um, so San Mateo County uh, is one of the strongest markets just in terms of activity, price, and inventory. So you can see, fortunately, this week, we've had an increase of new listings versus the previous weeks. However, unfortunately, we're still not at um, pre-coronavirus, pre-shelter in place levels, which is um, a little bit difficult for for buyers. And you can see the number that goes contingent spending uh, is at new highs given uh, the post-shelter environments. So we're seeing uh, you know, tremendous activity. Things are starting to to increase, which is very good. Um, it's been a lull for a long time. So hopefully we'll see more listings come on. And as you can see, the number that is going contingent and pending is still very strong. Now, when it comes to price-wise, a big shock of how actually things ended up in the end of May. If you look at my last video, you'll see that it was close to about one 8. five or 1.9 million in terms of the average uh, sales price if you look at the May stats now we, we went over two million so this is a combination of single family condo and townhome it's not just single family in San Mateo county so we've hit uh, record highs and now you know the data is is very early for June so I wouldn't take this into too much consideration just yet but you can definitely assume that you're gonna continue to see an increase of prices. Uh, as we come along, just very fierce out there, heavy competition. So, um, work very closely, you know, hopefully I have the opportunity to work with yourself. The game plan needs to be there. The expectation needs to be there that don't even think about low at this time. Competition is very fierce all across the Bay area. So this is San Mateo County. Uh, this is the stats here. Let's take a look at Santa Clara, Santa Clara. Um, actually uh, has been red hot, absolutely red hot. You can see the number of new listings has still not um, caught up to the, n- the number of listings at pre-shelter levels. However, if you look at the number that went contingent and pending, this is pre-shelter levels already. We hit 385 contingent last week up until yesterday. And if you look at the previous times, um the previous at two ninety seven and three forty two, even even higher than that. Just absolutely incredible, and it is it is on fire right now. Look at the prices, same kind of trends. May set new records, um, continues to increase. June, you know, as I mentioned previously, it's a little bit early, but it's showing, and I suspect, given what I know from all the offers that I make, just very very competitive. Right as of right now, you know, I made an offer couple offers this week. And um, we made an offer in Castor Valley, giving you some data points, Castor Valley, and then also offers in uh, Santa Clara. Both of them had nine offers. Um, and it most of them went above what I consider market value at this time. So be ready. If you're a, a buyer out there, there's going to be competition, make no mistake. There is plenty of people out there looking. If you're a seller that is on the fence, Uh, reach out to me, love to help you. I mean, this is an absolute phenomenal time right now. Things are red hot, just like they were earlier this year. So that's just the current dynamics of where things are at. Um, It's competitive out there. You just have to be patient. You have to be ready to go. And you have to also understand where things are going. So this is a Santa Clara as a residential. Now, the area that I I was really curious on that I didn't get as much data last week, but I got more data this week is what is happening with, San Francisco properties, not uh, rentals. You saw the rental figures, so the rental figures absolutely has a lot of um, downward pressure. But from a from a home per- perspective, is there an impact of San Francisco? Um, let's take a look. So take a look at SF residential. So you saw the general trends of the other markets. If they've, they've pretty much been all a trajectory upwards. And I suspect that will be the case, especially as the ones that are pending now will get reflected uh, basically in the June timeframe. So I suspect June sold data is going to be very strong. It's going to be higher than what it is in May. Now, so if you look at, let's take a look at um, the San Francisco properties. I actually broke it down this time between single family and condo. And so uh, we can kind of see how it was versus the previous year and also how it has been over the months. So single family, interesting enough, the median prices, if you look compared of last year in May, it's about $1.42 million. But interesting enough, if you look at the May of just a a few days ago, the median price is actually 1.5. So people are not actually um, leaving the San Francisco uh, altogether if they're owning a single family house. It seems like actually people are still moving in. They just need a a bigger space. So there's not much of an exodus there at all, which is quite interesting. The other interesting part is the number of properties being sold. This is drastically less. Now, it's a combination of very low inventory levels, and it could also be a combination of buyer demand. You can see it's only at 160 versus what it was last year at 379. So, really, really interesting to see just the significant volume difference. Uh, that is happening in place. But because the amount of opportunities out there is so low, the prices have actually done very well. It still actually has some modest increases over the same time last year. And it certainly has increased over the last several months. So very interesting data from a single family home perspective. Now, from a condo perspective, that's where I would have thought there would be more weakness. So, but let's take a look. Number of sold in, In May of 2019, 368 uh, uh, homes, median price $1.187 million. Now, if you look at May, the number of sold has dropped uh, to 111 uh, that have sold. Let me actually make this larger for everyone else. Can make this even. There you go. Should be even easier to see. So the number of sold has dropped even further than the single family amount. So there's absolutely less listings, but also less buyer interest. So it's dropped to 111 that were sold last month. And then when it comes to the medium price, it has declined. Now, it hasn't declined as much as people may have thought, but relative to the previous months, uh, it's it's dropped a good amount, so it's dropped about eight to nine percent, at least from a median price perspective. But you can see the median price per square foot has actually been about the same as what it was last month. So there is some weakness there. So it depends on the individual as to, you know, what is your time horizon. I think there may be some interesting opportunities because it's it's always a pendulum s- uh, sh- uh, swing. If you think about if you think about New York as an example and you look at back at 9/11 and you know where when the World Trade Center got got hit um, a lot of people at that time were, were saying you know what all the all the dense areas nobody wants to live there and everybody wants to go out so there was absolutely a big migration uh, outward during that time and this time is going to be fairly similar there will be there will be for sure a migration outwards which you have already seen the question is as things started to open up and things started to get better Will there be an interest of people going back in? And I suspect there would be. I just don't know how long that would take. But the aspect of that dense uh, uh, feel of a lot of people, especially uh, younger people, love that aspect of being close with one another and having a lot of things to do. I suspect over time it will be back. But over the at least the short-term period, there, may be, there, there will be some weakness uh, related to at least the condo side of, of properties in San Francisco. So it may be an interesting opportunity because, it, I mean, the aspect that it drops 8 to 9% in one month is crazy. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. So if it drops again, then it makes things really interesting because it's very hard to find anything that would drop that that amount. It may be irrational people dropping that quickly. So there, there may be some very interesting things that may uh, appear uh, as, as things come along uh, over the next several months. But this shows the data; it may not be as bad, right? So people clearly are not selling single-family houses in San Francisco, um, but there is some weakness for sure in condos, and I see that because I see a lot of price reductions happening. Um, so there is a lot more opportunities there. So I do have a quick question here, so uh, related to what do I think of Las Vegas? Las Vegas is really interesting because on, on one end, um, you know, at the, you know, number one, I'll preface by saying this always talk to a local Las Vegas top realtor to get the local dynamics and the local data. But I'll give you my thoughts just from a investor mindset, but also how I think just macro. Um, what's interesting is, you know, there's certainly a lot of people affected because I, I think the figure was like over 30% works in the base of the strip, or at least they're affiliated one way or another. There are a lot of aspects where it'll be significantly hurt for a long time. So the aspects of like conventions, which is a huge revenue driver and a huge business driver uh, for Las Vegas, that is going to be that way for at least six months plus. They're not going to. There's no way they're going to come back for that for a long time. However, what's is interesting is they actually opened up their casinos. I think just yesterday, and there was a huge amount of people going back in, and they had so much demand that they had the a lot of the big players on the strip had to open up additional hotels to fill that capacity up. So there is absolutely, without a doubt, um, tremendous demand and tremendous pressure to open that back up as soon as possible. People just cannot wait anymore. So you have that huge aspect, especially the summertime, which a lot of the clubs, a lot of the pool parties, things like that are are huge drivers too. So I suspect as soon as those are opened up, uh, those day clubs, it's going to be super busy um, and things are going to spike up I mean, spike up in terms of uh, activity, but potentially of COVID as well. But you know, it it is what it is. I mean, everybody has their own uh, thoughts as to as to where that would be. But there's absolutely, without a doubt, a huge demand for gambling, a huge demand to get back to the strip, and a huge demand to open things up much faster than people would expect. That was the biggest concern of people um, of actually Vegas is. Will people want to come back? And the answer is, as of right now, uh, definitely yes. So it's, it's it's really interesting to see. And so with that, a lot of restaurants, a lot of things open up again. Um, so I suspect uh, Vegas. You know, if you had an opportunity, I would check in and see if anybody had any sort of issues wanting to sell at that time. But if not, it's going to be a really interesting. You know, things are things are going to pick up again significantly, just like every other place around the country. So thank you for the question there. All right, so that would uh, conclude this week's session. Uh, as I mentioned, if you like this video, please hit the like button. Really appreciate all the support. If you're watching this on YouTube, smash that like button. Hit that subscribe button as well. I come out with a lot of content looking at the data every single week, so you can see what exactly what I see. And this is exact. This is just extracted from the MLS. I also will share my personal feedback because every week I'm making offers, I know what is happening out there from a competition and what it ultimately sells for. And that information is basically a leading indicator of what will happen over the next month. So, um, and last but not least, if you know of anybody that can, that can benefit from these videos or can help, uh, need help from an advice perspective in real estate, I'm happy to be, uh, introduced and help at any time. I work with a lot of great buyers and clients. And sellers, but I'm never too busy to help more people. Um, I think a lot of people need this to fully understand what is happening, especially with a lot of headline articles. And this is why I do these reports every single week, um, at 12 o'clock Pacific time. Other than that, have a nice weekend and, um, any questions feel free to let me know and I'll see you at the next one. Bye now. Hey podcast world. Thank you so much for your support. I do post at least three shows a week. If you like the content, please leave a five-star review, smash that subscribe button, and share it with your friends. Looking forward to have you back at the next one. Bye now.